0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Big announcement. Coventry declared champions of League One. Richly deserved as well. When you look at what they did this season. 38 league matches. They only lost three for goodness sake. There were five points clear of Rotherham who have gone up with them in second place. There were eight clear of Wickham. And I did say at the top of this show, little nice local link as well, because for a number of years now, Dubai's leading estate agents, Allsop and Allsop, uh, proud sponsors this season, but they were linked with the club. They were associated with the club through 2013 and 2018. I've got to say a massive shout out to Lewis, who is a man about town. He's been on this very radio station numerous occasions on Business Breakfast. It was he that set this up. And I'm delighted to say that the manager... Mark Robbins joins us live on the line now. And Mark, I start by saying a massive congratulations to you, my friend.
1: Thank you very much indeed. How are you? Yeah,
0: very well, Mark. Very well indeed. Champions of League One, I guess a little bittersweet. You would have loved to have done it on the footballing field. But that being said, Mark, your team has been excellent. I've watched you a lot this season, thoroughly deserving of the League One title.
1: No, thanks for saying that. I think, um, you know, and during this, uh, this protest, against the backdrop of, of uh, the coronavirus and the horrendous impact it's having on families up and down the country and all over the world. So um, football sort of paled into insignificance, insignificance alongside that, but ultimately it's our job and it's really important to us as well. So um, it, was, it was important, yes, to finish the season off on the pitch had we been able to do so, but um, I've really enjoyed watching the players this season and training with the players, working with the players. They've, they've been fantastic. So they, they've got the just uh, rewards, I think. And um, yeah, it is. It, it's a bittersweet. It's a little bit surreal, and it's not the conventional way of doing things. And hopefully, it'll never be uh, needed to be done again. Um, but ultimately, we were we were seven points clear of third. We were five points clear of second with a game in hand, and, and and the football we played was was outstanding. And for me nobody can take away or diminish the, uh, uh, the achievement.
2: Yeah, it, was, uh, it must have been surreal, Mark, as you say. And uh, I've got to ask, because the usual way of doing this would be to, to have a great get-together, to celebrate in front of the fans, to celebrate, of course, in the dressing room as well. None of that was possible. How did you celebrate? Was there a, a, a bulk Zoom call going on? <laughs> what happened last night?
1: Which we, we've had... We've had, uh, we've had face-to-face contact which has been brilliant so we've, we've managed to do that um, but also there was a lot of work going in because there was a lot of interest as you'd imagine and, um, and plenty of work and, and, and press to do so that's continued into today um, but, but really good because you can spread the message and, and obviously talk about Country City and, and the importance to the city.
0: Absolutely A uh, famous club Coventry of course y- You'll hear from my accent Mark Scottish Gordon Strachan Gary McAllister When I was growing up And then of course You had your Mustafa Hajis And your Yusuf Chipos. A lot of people out there will, will follow Coventry Will know Coventry Of course that 3-2 win Over Spurs That great Spurs side Back in the 1980s Give us a semblance though How much have you enjoyed Working at the football club Just how big is it And I guess More than that Is now Is in terms of Your ambitions In the short medium him in long term. More success for the football club upcoming.
1: It's, it's an outstanding football club. I think. I think the. Um, I came to. I came back to the football club three, just over three years ago, and, and we were heading to League Two, which was uh, not where anybody want, wanted to be. The club was always synonymous with the top division when I was growing up and, and, uh, and actually starting my playing career, um, and it was only really in the last sort of eight to ten years that things have started to slide and, and it's been a very, very difficult road back and, and we've started that pathway. I think the first thing I'd say is that the, the, the turning point was the game at Wembley when we played in the Checker Trade game where we took 43,000 supporters. Wow. It, it was just incredible to see. Um, and the following season, we finished at Wembley again, in the play-off final among that. And again, there was another forty odd thousand supporters there, which just shows you that the size of the potential of the football club. Um, those, those supporters have... Really bought into what we've been doing, and they have played a key role in in the success that we're having at the moment, alongside the recruitment and the plays that we've got, obviously, and you know the the, the staff that I have, it, the board have been brilliant and supportive. It, the whole thing has been, um, I mean, it's been difficult to turn round, going around, don't get me wrong, but but since we've managed to just put the wood in the door and and block oh. things up and turn things around, it, it's been it's been fantastic, and hopefully we can continue that again. We're not one step away from the Premier League, even though we're one league away from them. We still, we're still a significant way, and need to do some significant building work if we're going to if we're going to go and get back there, um, because the next division is a is a serious league. So you know we've got plenty of work to do and plenty of work will be done to try and get us ready for for whenever the season restarts next season.
2: Well, that leads on nicely to to my question, Mark, because we we talk a lot about the the jump up in standard between the Championship and the Premier League and the fact that the gap has perceptibly narrowed. We've seen teams get promoted from the championship and have success in the Premier League pretty much straight off the bat. What about that leap from League One to the championship? What needs to be done in this in what will be a very strange off-season, I think, for all concerned. And, and is that an opportunity, perhaps, for, for Coventry, given the fact that they've capped it now? Or how are things likely to play out in the next couple of months and how much work needs to be done to ensure that Coventry are immediately competitive in the Championship? Well,
1: we, we'll, have the immediate, we'll have the smallest budget division so look, there's, a, there's a significant difference in, in this division because you've got the discrepancy between clubs coming down from the Premier League with parachute payments and teams that are coming up like ourselves with a mid-table budget from League One uh, and then teams that have been playing in the Championship for a long, long time that have been able to, to build and consolidate and do whatever they need to do to try and make themselves competitive and there's teams like Derby County who nearly went up last season and then this season it's been a little bit more of a struggle, change of management, change of... A change of staff, but you know there are a lot of things that we uh, can do, and what we have done, we've implemented a, a way of playing, a philosophy, and we've got to continue to do that. And bringing players that we think have got have got better quality that are going to help the existing players and squad uh, make us stronger and be competitive that way. So you know there's a lot of work to do, and we've got to make sure that that level goes up um, accordingly. And and the players, you know, they will understand because the training, the training uh, sessions, and the the players that we'll bring in will, uh, will take those training sessions up to a different level and they have to stay there. They have to try and improve all the time. So there are a lot of things that we can do to, to, to get there and get ready. And we've still got a little bit of time to uh, uh, to, to prepare and um, and make sure we're ready to train. Uh, once we get the date for, for next season to start, we can work backwards and get to the, Um, get to the start of pre-season
0: I just want to for a few moments Mark if you can take off that Coventry hat of yours and and let's look at football in a little bit more of a kind of wider context because of course you are a footballing man you played the game at at the highest level now in management I mean what we're going through right now Mark from your kind of vantage point what will be the impact of COVID nineteen, not so much in the bright lights of the Premier League, but in the, the kind of coal face, if you will, at grassroots level. League One, League Two, the Championship. Will this have a, I guess, era defining impact?
1: Well, I, th- I think you know that clearly depends on on uh, management of the disease of the virus to start with. Immediately, you know, we're looking we're looking at the the, the return to training protocols, which is unbelievably detailed. Um, and expensive. But hence, hence the reason things one and two have, have curtailed. Um, it was just prohibitive without any support. So um, that's that, That's one. Um, the, the, the significant long-term impact will be how long it'll be before supporters can come back through the turnstiles um, and how we get to as near normal as we possibly can. Um, and, and, and clearly that's Undefinable at this moment in time. But if you're looking at different models and people are saying if you've got to play until um, the new year without support, then clearly it's going to take its toll very quickly on a lot of clubs. Um, unless there's a bailout package, which people are talking about, and government helping and Premier League helping and um, and those types of things. There's still a lot of uh, you know a lot of water to flow under the bridge yet, and a lot of a lot of things to play out before. Uh, any of that happens. But I think the curtailment of the two two uh, divisions, uh, the League One and Two, it gives people a little bit of clarity and be able to focus on other things like keeping clubs afloat and how you're going to do that with a bit more detail and a bit more clarity. So um, until we get to that point where we know that this disease is manageable and uh, hopefully we're talking about uh, the, the uh, University of Oxford. Uh, coming up with it, something to be able to manage the disease pretty quickly and they're fairly confident that that'll happen and they're fairly confident that that are highly confident that there'll be a vaccine um, but clearly that'll take a little bit of time um, but once they can manage the virus then you know that will be a significant step to normality the, the normal normal uh, rather than the new normal that people talk about at the moment the, the, the new normal is very very difficult and complicated to, uh, to to manage and ensure that you police it properly
0: Yeah, just on that front then, I mean, yourself, Mark, uh, as I say, a football man, your job as a manager. I mean, how have you coped over the last 12 weeks being away from your players? I mean, how have your players and I guess as a leader of men and as the manager of the football club, you know, how have you gone about keeping spirits high, keeping an eye on your players? Because, you know, I speak frankly here, we've all had our peaks and troughs. We've all had our good days and our bad days. And, you know, I appreciate everyone's in the same boat a little bit. So how have you managed that?
1: so there's there's various there's various things that we've done. Um, I've got brilliant staff, some of which haven't been furloughed. Um, you know I was able to specify which which members of staff I was going to need through this this process. The players have all been furloughed. Um, so it's very difficult to give them any work under the furlough scheme rules. So we have to make sure that the, the, they are not working and any work that they do, anything that they do is is. Voluntary. clearly they've got to be able to keep fit, which is fine. They had programs prior to the lockdown, which made made sure that they had programs to uh, to, to um, do and complete and, uh, and stay in shape. Because we thought at that stage we would be coming back to play. Um, then there was a spell in between times where we had to give them some downtime because clearly we were just guessing. We was just guessing because we didn't know when it was coming back. But they needed some downtime because otherwise who ended up playing for 12 months, which is uh, no good to anybody. It, yeah. it causes problems in the longer term with, with injuries and things. So I've tried to get the balance there, but also give them access to um, mental health, um, help. I have um, people that work at the club or, or um, say so not employed by the club, but I can get them in on a, on a piecemeal basis and, and they're coming from time to time, quarterly or whatever. Um, so they have the ability to speak to them. We were getting voice messages and things sent through to them just to listen to from time to time, which kept uh, which kept plenty of them thinking. Um, we did some Zoom calls to give them some uh, some information, one or two that may have been sort of struggling. I've made sure that they've had on social media to get some of their best bits out through the club on there so they could watch it. And then the supporters you know paying tribute to them on the on social media which is always nice for people to be told how good they are um so, so the various things were employed to uh, to ensure that everybody's okay also we opened up the training ground for anybody that was living close enough to it to be able to you know, use the facility just to be able to do the runs so they felt a little bit more normal although they weren't allowed inside the building at any point just come and do the running and then go home but you know the one or two of them that came and were able to social distance and and, and at least um, train on the same training ground, which gave them a little bit of camaraderie. So there's there's a lot of things that we've employed mm-hmm. during this, this period that have made. Meant that they've kept in in good spirits. And as I say, they're all they're all outstanding uh, individuals. It's, it's, I've been doing this this for 13 years, this managerial job, and it's uh, it's certainly the best group of players that I've had to work with. They make it really easy, and the staff that I've got have been have been outstanding. So. The help we receive, you know, the staff, you're only as good as your players and your staff. Um, The board have been very good and the supporters have played a a pivotal role in in whatever we've done and and helped hugely in everything and during the lockdown too.
2: And that certainly bodes well for your next test in the Championship, Mark. We've got to ask, we heard at the beginning of this particular interview, Chris introducing you as the man he called who saved Sir Alex Ferguson's job at Manchester United back in 1990 um, I don't know whether that is hyperbole or whether that is fact a little. but uh, just curious has, has Sir Alex <laughs> been in touch to say well done?
1: Uh, no he hasn't no he hasn't I think that um, I think obviously Darren Darren is um, uh, he'll be clearly on his mind because you know whilst whilst we've had a, a brilliant outcome there's some clubs that haven't had such a brilliant outcome and Peterborough appears to be one of those and I've got to feel for them you know I mean if you're in that position it, it, it's, it's horrendous yeah. so I can feel for them there's been a lot of passion there's been a lot of um, I suppose soul searching there's been a lot of things that they have looked at to try and to try and help self-help and self-serving you know uh, arguments that have been made but clearly it is a passionate game and everybody puts a, the owners have put a lot of money into this season and for it to end like it has done nobody wanted it it's nobody's fault um it's just very, very difficult circumstances and hopefully like I say it will never be repeated again. Absolutely. It has to be. There's now a precedent and uh, and the rules in place to enable it to happen so everybody goes into it knowing what may happen. Um, which which will help. But it isn't it isn't a level playing field. It certainly isn't and uh it's very difficult, but it is the best option of Probably not a lot of other good options.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, I feel for the EFL. It's been a really difficult situation for them, but difficult for everybody else. And I do feel for them. There's no doubt about it. Whilst we're happy to, to be promoted, you know, there are a lot of other sad stories on the on the back
0: of that. Well, listen, Mark, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show this evening. I, I want to say a massive congratulations because whilst you're absolutely right, you've spoke very eloquently about that. This is Coventry City's moment. You have been the best team in League One by a mile. Three defeats in 38. You are heading up anyway. Congratulations from us. And rest assured, knowing Fergie as I kind of do, that little bottle of grape will be heading your way in the not-too-distant future. I'm sure of that, Mark.
1: Fabulous. Thank really you,
0: Absolute Cheers, pleasure. Massive thanks. No worries. The voice there of Mark Robbins, Coventry City manager. A massive shout out as well to Allsop and Allsop, the best, number one real estate right here in Dubai, the estate agent, should I say. And uh, yeah, great to have Mark on the line, a Man United cult hero, because he was downplaying it then a little bit, but he did save, save Fergie's job. 1990. Had they lost that at the City Ground, Rob. Fergie might not have won 13 Premier League titles. Who knows where Fergie would have been? Not to mention two Champions Leagues. Yeah, two Champions Leagues, few FA Cups in there as well. Oh, the glory years. Stay with <laughs> us. Big thanks to All Soap and also for sorting that out. Big thanks to Mark Robbins as well. And we wish Coventry City all the very best in the championship next season, folks. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com
2: or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.